I would like to dedicate this book to Daniel. Magic Treehouse number 23, Twister on Tuesday by Mary Pope Osborne. Chapter 1, Tuesday. Jack opened his eyes. Sunlight streamed through his window. Tuesday, he whispered. Morgan's note had told him and Annie to come back to the Magic Treehouse on Tuesday. He could hardly wait to find out where she was sending them today. Jack scrambled out of bed. He threw on his clothes. He packed his notebook and pencil into his backpack. Then he headed into the hall. Jack bumped into Annie. She was dressed in jeans and a t-shirt. Tuesday, they both whispered. Together, they hurried down the stairs. Mom, Dad, we're going out for a few minutes, Jack shouted. Don't you want breakfast first? His dad called from the kitchen. When we get back, said Annie. They rushed out the front door. They ran down their street in the bright summer sunlight. A warm wind gently shook the trees as Jack and Annie headed into the Frog Creek woods. Soon, they came to the tallest tree in the woods. The magic treehouse waited for them in the high branches. Jack and Annie grabbed the rope ladder and climbed up. Inside the shady treehouse, the note from Morgan was still on the floor. Dear Jack and Annie, Camelot is in trouble. To save the kingdom, please find these four special kinds of writing for my library. Something to follow, something to send, something to learn, something to lend. Thank you, Morgan. Okay, said Jack. We have the first writing, something to follow. He picked up a list from the Civil War. And we have the second, said Annie, something to send. She picked up a letter from the Revolutionary War. Now we need the third, said Jack, something to learn. No problem, said Annie. She grabbed a book lying in the corner. I hope we're not going to another war. Jack and Annie looked at the cover. It showed a field of tall green grass. The title was Life on the Prairie. The prairie, said Annie. We already went to the prairie the time we met Blackhawk. Yeah, said Jack, remembering their adventure with the Native American boy. He opened the book and turned to a picture of an old-fashioned train crossing the prairie. Oh, he said, I get it. Trains crossed the prairie after the pioneers came. When we went to the prairie before, Native Americans were the only people who lived there. So we must be going to pioneer time, said Annie. I think so, said Jack. He pointed at the picture that showed the train crossing the prairie. I wish we could go there, he said. The breeze picked up. The wind started to blow. The treehouse started to spin. It spun faster and faster. Then everything was still, absolutely still. Chapter two, signs of life. Jack opened his eyes. He was wearing pants with suspenders and a shirt with the sleeves rolled up. In place of his backpack was a leather bag. Annie was wearing a long dress and a sunbonnet. I like my hat, she said. It'll keep the sun off my face. Yeah, except the sun's not shining, said Jack. He and Annie looked out the window. The sky was cloudy. The treehouse had landed in a small grove of trees near a creek. Beyond the trees was a wide open prairie. Green grass and wildflowers swayed in a chilly wind. In the distance, a train puffed across the prairie. Sparks of fire came out of its smokestack. Huge clouds of black smoke billowed into the gray sky. Wow, said Jack. He looked at the picture of the train in their book and read, After the Civil War, the U.S. government built railroads to link the eastern and western parts of the country. By the 1870s, steam engines carried people across the Kansas prairie. 
Jack pulled out his notebook and wrote, 1870s, trains across Kansas. Let's get going, said Annie. We have to find that special writing for Morgan. She started down the ladder. Jack packed his things in his leather bag and climbed down after her. When he stepped onto the ground, Jack looked toward the west. The train was gone. Only a thin trail of smoke floated across the sky. That train was cool, said Jack. Yeah, and so is that, said Annie. She pointed in the other direction. Far away, in the distance, a line of covered wagons rolled through the rippling grass. Their white coverings billowed in the breeze. Jack pulled out the research book. He found a picture of the wagon train. He read aloud, Wagons were the most common way for families to travel west. They could carry clothes, tools, food, and water. A line of wagons was called a wagon train. The white cloth coverings over the wagons also made them look like sailing ships or schooners. For this reason, covered wagons were sometimes called prairie schooners. Jack looked at the wagons again. They did look like ships sailing across a rippling green sea. He wrote in his notebook, covered wagons equal prairie schooners. Let's get a closer look, said Annie. She took off across the grass. Jack put away his things and ran after her. As they ran, the wind began to blow harder. The clouds overhead grew darker. Wait, wait, Jack finally called to Annie. We'll never catch up to it. They both stopped running. Panting, they watched the wagon train vanish over the horizon. Jack took a deep breath. What now, he said. They looked around. All Jack could see was the distant grove of trees with the treehouse. With the train and the wagon train gone, there were no signs of life anywhere. No pioneer cabins, no Native American teepees. How can we find the special writing, said Jack. There's nothing out here. Oh yeah, said Annie. What's that? She pointed to a rusty pipe sticking out from the top of a small hill. Streaming from the pipe was a column of black smoke. Oh man, said Jack, that's definitely a sign of life. Chapter three, one room schoolhouse. Let's check it out, said Annie. She and Jack walked up the little hill. At the top, they saw that the rusty pipe was rising out of a wooden roof. They walked around to the other side of the hill. Beneath the wooden roof was a door. The door seemed to open into the hill itself. What is this? said Annie. Let's find out, said Jack. He studied their research book until he found a black and white photograph. The photograph showed the same hill with the door. Jack read aloud. Since the prairie did not have many trees, wood was hard to find. So pioneers often made their houses out of sod bricks, which were blocks of earth cut out of the prairie. Sometimes a sod house was dug out of the side of a hill. It was called a dugout. Jack pulled out his notebook. He wrote, sod bricks equal blocks of earth. Dugout equals sod house carved out of hillside. Then Jack read more to Annie. Tornadoes or twisters are common on the prairie, so many dugouts had storm cellars. A storm cellar was like a rough basement below the ground. During a twister, a storm cellar is the safest place to be. Wow, maybe we'll see a twister, said Annie. I hope not, said Jack. Then he read on. A pioneer family built this dugout for a home. When they moved, the dugout became a schoolhouse. The schoolhouse had only one room. It also had a storm cellar beneath it. Jack quickly wrote, some dugouts have storm cellars. Hey, this is the place, said Annie. Jack looked up from his writing. What place, he asked. 
Where's the best place to find our special writing? Something to learn, asked Annie. Jack smiled. A school, he said. Annie ran to the wooden door and knocked loudly. A moment later, the door creaked open. A girl peeked out. Her hair was in a tight bun as if she were a grown-up. But she didn't look more than 16 or 17 years old. Hi, I'm Annie, said Annie. This is my brother, Jack. The girl opened the door wider. Hello, Jack and Annie, she said. I'm your teacher, Miss Neely. You're the teacher, said Jack. Miss Neely seemed way too young to be a teacher. Yes, she said, smiling. Come in, you're late. Chapter four, reading lesson. It was warm and dry inside the schoolhouse. Several oil lamps lit the darkness. Class, meet Annie and Jack, the young teacher said. What class, thought Jack. There were only three kids. On one bench sat a small boy and a girl. The boy looked about Annie's age. The girl looked a little younger. On another bench sat a tall boy. He was tough looking. Welcome to our first day of school, said the young teacher. Today's your very first day, said Annie. Yes, and our first day in this dugout. The family who lived here left for California a week ago, said Miss Neely. Jack and Annie peered around the room. The walls were made of dirt. The floor was made of wood. It was covered by a worn rug. Miss Neely's desk was made from a barrel. A small coal stove was near her desk. A crate held a water jug, chalk, and two small blackboards. It's a nice school, Annie said politely. Thank you. We're very grateful for it, said Miss Neely. And where do you live? Well, we actually, Jack started. Then he stopped. He wasn't sure what to say. Actually, we don't live around here, Annie said. We're passing through. You must be from the wagon train I saw this morning, Miss Neely said. Annie nodded. Jack smiled. Good work, Annie, he thought. We could only stay a little while, he said. How exciting for you, said Miss Neely, heading west on a wagon train. Where are you going? California, Annie said. California? That's wonderful, isn't it, class? Miss Neely said to the others. Yes, ma'am, said the two younger children. The older boy barely nodded. Have you ever been to school before? Miss Neely asked Annie. Yes, ma'am, Annie said. We both know how to read and write. Jack's one of the best readers you'll ever meet. My, isn't that wonderful, class? said Miss Neely. Yes, ma'am, said the younger children. The older boy gave Jack a scowl. Not exactly the best, Jack said modestly. I love to read, said Miss Neely. I'll read any book I can get my hands on. Me too, said Jack. Then perhaps you'd like to start off our first reading lesson of the school year, said Miss Neely. Sure, said Jack. Sit with Jeb then, said Miss Neely. And Annie, you sit with Kate and her brother Will. Will and Kate quickly made room for Annie on their bench. But Jeb didn't move over for Jack, not even an inch. Jack barely had room to sit. He took a deep breath and sat on the end of the bench. Miss Neely handed Jack a book. This is our only reader, she said. It's called the McGuffey Reader. Please read the first two lines of the poem on page 50. Oh, um, sure, ma'am, said Jack. He turned to page 50. He pushed his glasses into place. Then he read aloud, Twinkle, twinkle, little star, how I wonder what you are. Very good, said Miss Neely. Now pass the reader to Jeb. Jack handed the book to Jeb. Jeb, please read the next two lines, said Miss Neely. The older boy cleared his throat and stared at the page. 
Maybe Jeb can't read, Will said in a kind voice to Miss Nellie. Jeb's face got red. Shut up, Will, he muttered. Oh, said Miss Neely. She looked confused. Jack felt sorry for Jeb. He wanted to give him some help. Barely moving his lips, Jack whispered, Up above the world so high, like a diamond. Jeb turned on Jack with an angry look. I don't need your help, he said. Now, Jeb, don't get mad, said Miss Neely. And Jack, you shouldn't give people the answers. I'm sorry, said Jack. Miss Neely sighed and pulled out her pocket watch. She was starting to look tired. Why don't you all go outside and have your new meal, she said. I'll stay in and prepare for our next lesson. Miss Neely opened the door of the sod hut. Annie, Kate, and Will bounced up from their seats and started cheerfully out of the schoolroom. Jack turned to Jeb. Hey, sorry for what happened, Jack said. Jeb just glared at him and didn't say anything. Come on, Jack, Annie called outside the hut. Kate wants us to eat with them. Jack hurried out the door. He didn't look back at Jeb. Chapter 5, Bully. The air outside was strangely still. The dark clouds still hovered in the distance. Storm's coming, said Will. We have to eat quickly before it starts to rain, said Kate. She and Will sat down on the grass. Annie and Jack sat beside them. Will opened a small burlap sack. He took out four lumpy objects. They looked like dark rocks. Hey, there's one for each of us, said Kate. One what? asked Annie, frowning. Sweet potatoes, said Will. He gave a potato each to Kate, Annie, and Jack. Um, no thanks, said Jack, trying to give his back. We don't want to take your lunch. We have enough. Keep it, said Kate. What do you do with it? asked Annie, holding up her potato. Kate laughed. Just bite, she said, like this. Kate and Will bit into their cold, sweet potatoes as if they were apples. Cool, said Annie. She took a big bite out of her potato, too. But Jack just held on to his. He didn't quite feel like eating the cold brown potato. Out of the corner of his eye, he saw Jeb sitting by himself. The big kid didn't seem to have any lunch at all. Jack thought he'd try to be friends one more time. Hey, Jeb, he called out. I'm not hungry. You want my sweet potato? Jeb gave Jack a mean look. I could have brought my own lunch if I wanted to eat, he said. Oh, sure, said Jack. Jeb narrowed his eyes. You making fun again, he said. I'm warning you. Do that one more time and I'll fight you. Jack couldn't believe it. This kid took everything he said the wrong way. Hey, Annie said, leave my brother alone. You're nothing but a bully, Jeb. Annie, stay out of this, said Jack. But Jeb just laughed. Then he stood up and walked back into the schoolhouse. Jack felt angry. He hoped they would find the special writing soon so they could leave. Will seemed to have read Jack's mind. Don't worry about him, Will said to Jack. He's never been to school before. Oh, so he's embarrassed, said Annie. Why hasn't he been to school, said Jack. Because he has to work in the fields all the time, said Will. I heard him tell Miss Nellie he walked five miles to get here today, Kate said. So he must have really wanted to come. Wow, said Annie. How far did you and Will walk? Only two, said Kate. Two what? asked Annie. Miles, said Kate. Two miles, Jack repeated. The prairie kids nodded. It must be lonely living out here, Annie said. Will and Kate nodded again. Do you live in a sod house, Jack asked. We used to, said Will, but it was always dirty, so our pa built us a log cabin. He cut trees near the creek, said Kate. Then he made the cabin by hand. 
Before Annie or Jack could ask another question, thunder cracked in the sky. Then rain started to fall. It fell fast and hard. Everyone jumped up. Come in, come in, Miss, ne Miss Neely called from the doorway. They ran back inside. The wind slammed the door behind them with a bang. 